Right, guys. So recently, um, the place where I work has issued out... Um, they've basically given out bonuses because originally we were projected to have like a net deficit this year. But because of, you know, the, you know, the financial climate at the moment, bank interest rates going up and everything like that, because the, because where I worked had such a strong savings, they've actually managed the actual savings account they've got has, you know, prompted them to sort of gain revenue. So that's, that's basically put the company in a financial like strong point. So they gave out like a cash incentive to everyone saying like, well done, we've managed to overcome this. So here's some monies. So I'm going to pose a really like interesting question to you. What's some of your absolute favorite moments from work or really nice things that businesses have done for you where you've worked? I'm not going to talk about my current work just because it's my current work and I don't want to talk about a place where I'm currently working. Um, That's why I said, well, you know, but, I've, I've already said where I work and I've done it anyway. Um, <clears throat> but some, while I was, the job before I, where I was, where I'm now, I was at Amazon, and where I worked at Amazon was on the. I was a, a picker, so I had to pick all the items from their stock that would then go down towards people who would uh, pack it. And on, on well, it's a lot across the, the board in Amazon. They have kind of like competitions, and if you win, you get like vouchers and stuff like that. I I think it was that crisp yeah it was one of the christmas ones you got you won something i can't remember how many i think it was how many if you got the most items in a box or something like that and uh, i won it and it was i got a massive christmas hamper with loads of chocolate and sweets and stuff like that it was really really cool to be fair hmm, nice one what are you, Chris? I'm just trying to think of anything that's ever nice that's happened to me. Well, I can name a few <laughs> other nice things that my workplace has offered me. So obviously I've had, you know, basically a bonus come through. Um, they give they offer me free education. So, you know, doing my PhD. Um, the fact that they gave me a job so soon after graduating is also a bonus because usually for a job like this, you need at least some experience. But because I... But because of... Because I came at the right time and I had just enough experience, I was able to get it and they've given me like, it's been so nice working there. But yeah, you know, generous leaves. You know, if you've got shitty situations, they're like, yeah, fine, like, take it. Whereas I know like in heavy industry, they're just like, no, you're only allowed half an hour break, half an hour break once a day. Or if you need to shit, you shit here. You don't go to a toilet. So I'm, I'm thankful for my current workplace. I mean, yeah, there's like, changes to management going on and people taking on more responsibilities without like any pay incentive but overall the place where i work has looked after me whereas you know i know a lot of other places are not so as appreciative i mean i've only ever had like three or four jobs like the, my first job i worked at a secondary school as a technician like a science technician there doing tutoring as well i mean nothing really happened there then i had placements during my university days again nothing happened there yeah, I mean, I've not really had that many jobs, really. Just permanent, permanent life as a technician. Uh, I know one of my previous jobs. Whenever we'd have like a good month, we would get, um, like we get like a sausage, or get like a a roll with like sausage, bacon, egg, or whatever you wanted. Get that for free every now and then. No, it's not really that in that exciting, but it was quite a nice little treat. 
uh, when you didn't expect it. Oh, that's just that's just reminded me. Going for our work, they because of the cost of living crisis going on, what they were doing, they were literally giving away free breakfasts for about four or five months. Mm. So you could either get like you know free cereal, free toast, free porridge and toppings with a drink, tea, coffee. That was really really nice. That was so so kind. Mm. I'm guessing Chris has had nothing good happen at work. Uh... (laughs) He's had good things happen at work, but probably. Not on the level you're expecting. Well, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, either way, it could be just what's the nicest thing that's happened to you at work <laughs> that, that the business has given to you. The business has given me? Um, a holiday. No, I don't know. <laughs> I, ain't had a holiday. I have not had a holiday since 2010. Um, I think the nicest thing I've done for one of the old companies is uh, quit without a backup plan just to fuck them over. Just fuck them. <laughs> well, that's the nicest thing you've done, but what have they done for you? <laughs> They didn't do anything for me. That's why I quit. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But my life is a lot better now. So, yay! <laughs> I suppose that's a start. There you go. Are you recording? I am. Microphone guy, check check one two one two. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Victory Achieve Podcast. I am Brandon, and I'm with my two favourite boys on the podcast, Dan and Chris. How are you both doing today, lads? I'm good. Yeah, I'm wrong. Yeah, fine. That was a bit of a dramatic pause. <laughs> I, 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 I think both Chris and I thought, who's going to go first? And we were like, oh, well, let. I think I was like, I'll let Chris go first. And then Chris was like, no, I'll let Dan go first. And then. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're trying shit, to use. Our, we're, we're trying to use our uh, <coughs> like psychic powers to like, guess who, who's going first. Yeah, in, yeah. In separate rooms. <laughs> oh, we still. Oh, that's reminded me. We we still yet to do like a in in like face to face recording, aren't we? Mm. Was that I think that was a thing we were planning on doing one day, wasn't it? Yeah. I, well, I think if we ever did it. It'll probably have to be at Chris's, or probably I don't know. The quietest, the quiet place. I don't know if it is quiet. I, I don't know. Well, I've got a dog to harass everyone, but a puppy, and she won't shut the fuck up. She's obsessed with washing machines at the moment, so yeah, not quite quiet here. Yeah, and I've got a dog that won't shut the fuck up with people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, I thought seeing as usually, as is the case, I have been surrounded by the life of work, PhD, and life stuff. I haven't really done anything in the past two weeks. <laughs> But I have done one thing, so I'm just going to kick this off right from the beginning, if you guys don't mind me. Go on. Um, so I've got a manga app called Manga Plus, which, you know, you know, it's just basically a free manga app, and it's linked to Shonen Jump and other, like, Viz Media and stuff like that. And there was a new manga that came out with the first chapter released on the 13th of July, and it is a new manga series called Wild Strawberry. And... If, any, if anyone here is to basically look at the screenshot of Wild Strawberry, probably one striking thing you'll notice about this is that also recently, we've just had the ending of season one of Hell's Paradise, which... Did we review it yet, Dan? Yeah, we spoke about it on the podcast. Oh, God, yeah, well, I've slept since then, and dog's been waking me up after. But yeah, so the whole... Likewise with Hell's Paradise, how you've got this like parasitic plant world, or plant island... Wild Strawberry is also a dystopian style world where parasitic plants have basically taken over the world. And, you know, likewise to 
oh, I'm trying to think of the series. I think like Kagas, like Kagasta of an insect, like the insect one, where you can get affected by insects and you can basically turn into an insect. Wild Strawberry <laughs> is also the same thing where you can basically get infected by plants, and it, you know, if once you're infected, I, I, probably similar to Fire Force as well, where you can basically become like a fire demon or whatever. Um, if you become infected by the plant, you basically have to get taken out by like the government protection, whatever, and basically taken out on site. Whereas, based on the first chapter, it's not really spoilers, it's only the first chapter, you can just read it, is there's, obviously, the main character happens, the main character trying to look after sister who is infected and trying to keep a hush-hush, and then one thing leads to another, and basically, they get exposed, and his sister's then basically lined up to be assassinated, well, not assassinated, but killed for harboring the, the plant infection. But it later sort of ensues that she's actually able to control this plant power and show signs of restraint, so she doesn't use this plant power to kill people. She'll wound, but not kill, so she has that restraint. And because her brother was trying to defend her, he was actually shot by the police and killed. So she, so she goes on a rampage and, you know, basically, like not kills, but goes on like a, an attack fest and in like a desperation to save her brother's life she basically fuses with her brother so now her brother's now harboring this girl infected with the plant and that's basically where it ends up after the first chapter as a recording on the 20th of july the second chapter was released um, so i'm yet to read that and um, for a first chapter I, the art style was incredible I'm liking how it's set in a, a plant dystopian. I've not really seen anything like that before in manga. Usually it's, you know, cult-related, alien-related, um, horror-related, like gore or something. You know, I've never seen anything plant-related. Have you, Dan? Um... Or even, like, in terms of, like, films, like, ser- like TV. I don't really... I've seen stuff, really seen but it's probably not been that great. Mm. I you know what's bad? One I one I can think, the only one I can think of is this terrible film. Uh, it's um, is it Batman Batman Forever or is it Batman and Robin? Batman and Robin with Poison Ivy. Yeah, I'm you? just thinking of that. I don't... I'm having to Google this. No, I'm Googling this. Batman and Robin Poison Ivy. What's she got to do with it? I don't know. It just plants. I'm just thinking of. Wow, three point eight IMD IMBD rating. Holy shit! Yeah, it's a shit film. <laughs> I've and sadly, I've got it on DVD. My condolences, mate. Well, I bought the it's the original collection with the four of them. So uh, sadly, <laughs> it's tagged along. I think for me, the closest thing that comes to like a plant apocalypse is the plant in Jumanji. You know, the one that comes out the chimney. Uh, I think I think that's literally the worst thing i've ever seen with plants. You say plant apocalypse, Last of Us, kind of, kind oh, yeah. of. Have you- Clickers, Have you guys yeah. never heard of Little Shop of Horrors? <laughs> Little no, Shop of Horrors? No. no, I haven't. Well, I know of, I know of it. it. I've never watched it. Or Little Shop of Horrors. Let's have a look. 1986 film. Yeah. Oh, hello. But it's, it's the whole world revolving around basically the plants taking over, like, well. Oh, in, in one ending, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's got multiple endings. Yeah, it uh, depends what version you see. But one of them, yeah, it's like a blank apocalypse. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, but... And, and you've got Day of the Triffids, which is an apocalypse brought on by plants. Day of the Triffids. Yeah, there's been loads of iterations of it. One of the better ones actually stars Eddie Izzard. I'm literally, like, Googling this now. Brandon's so excited. Wow. <laughs> That's literally, this is like how sheltered I am. <laughs> okay, fair enough. There's actually other stuff involving plants, so it is... But again, it's, it's, it seems like a very rare thing to see is... You know, something to do with plants taking over. I don't know. It's just something different. And I, you know, I'm one chapter in. I'm enjoying it so far. I'm looking forward to see where it ends up. So yeah, highly, highly recommend if you're into man. If you want to pick up a new manga from the very beginning, you know, so far 
I recommend Wild Strawberries. It's actually been quite entertaining. Well, episode, not episode, chapter three comes out on the 27th. Yes. So that's, well, at the time of recording is a couple of days. Probably by the, by the time this is out, probably like six chapters out at least. I think so, they're doing a one per week. Yeah, five, six chapters by the time this episode is out. So. Yeah, check it out. So, oh. what have you guys been up to? Uh, well, I was—I I had a nice lead in there. <laughs> oh, did you? So, yeah. Well, well, you're on about plants, and uh, normally that requires a green thumb. But I went one better and bought a green outfit. I bought a Luigi <laughs> outfit. <laughs> yes, I saw this. I—I <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like. Well, did you buy this before uh, Adriana's Revenge's uh, birthday stream? What? While she was Mario, or was this after? Uh, literally at the same time. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I seen her. I thought, that, I thought that's a yeah. good idea. I was, <laughs> I, I was like, I bet you saw saw her in the Mario, and you're like, I I need to uh put a Luigi so I can uh we can match with my with your co-streamer. Yes, if you don't know where uh, Adrian Revenge is, someone I co-stream with, so uh, do a co-op stuff. And I seen her dress at Mario, and I thought, hang on, I'm also doing a charity stream in a couple of weeks for the NSPCC, and their logo is all green and stuff, so Luigi's green. It just seemed to make sense. Wait, Luigi's green? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. He's been very ill. Oh, no. Too many mushrooms, mate. Too many mushrooms. Oh. It's the old mushroom apocalypse. So they, oh, they, there, you go. Go. there you go. There's another one. Fly one. you got the bloody mushroom kingdom. There you go. That's, yeah, that's, not, re- that's not really a, um, not, that's that's not pro- really an apocalypse. You've seen the piranha plants everywhere, right? How is that not an apocalypse? Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, t- talking about Mario, uh, I've also been streaming a couple of games. One of it's just like a year old, so it's not like super new, but it's actually uh, a couple of games, which oddly enough are the Mario and Rabbids games. Which imagine Mario but XCOM, like turn-based strategy tactical shooter. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, really. Um, I know everyone's seen like Mario and Rabbins and thought, nope, 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 mm-mm, nope, don't want that, don't want that, uh, until you play it. And then it's like, oh, this this is actually good. What happened? Why, why is this <laughs> awful, awful, awful concept good? Because the, the second one on the cover, you've got Mario with like pistols, with, like uh, mm. sci-fi pistols, and the, uh, the meme with as uh, Chris Pratt as Mario... With, Got even more uh, complex because it looked like he was uh, Mario with Star Lord with the, with the yeah pistols. it really does the box art yeah it really does like he's got the element guns <laughs> and uh, you got the other characters plastered on there almost like it's it it really is like almost like the first Guardians of the Galaxy box art like, all the other characters are kind of <coughs> positioned in the same way as one mm. uh, like Bowser is Drax <laughs> or then then the edgy the edgy rabbit is uh, Nebula then or is that or is she Gamora. Or he, I, don't I suppose. Know. So. Oh no, Edgy. There's probably more uh, rockets. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah. the the golf oh, yeah. the golf one in the second game. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know which one. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. So if if you're unfamiliar, so there's some techno babble stuff which is never really fully explained. Like the rabbits from Rayman's universe, like come in and get cross with Mario. The the only explanation is it's like some researcher doing something on a computer. Money that just happens to. Yeah, money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's basically got like a Mario poster and then like a fucking Rayman poster. <laughs> it's like all oh, the two get combined, and yeah, there you go. That's that's enough. So uh, you run around the Mushroom Kingdom and other areas. It's like the two universes are sort of melded together, and you just try and stop rabbits from going everywhere. But they get fused with like Bowser and like uh, Donkey Kong, so you have like Rabbit Kong. 
it's very weird, but it's all in the gameplay, and mm. they do play quite different to one another to an extent. So the first the first game is kind of linear, like you you walk around a sort of not quite open world because it is like linear. You get to like A to B, but there's like um there are like nooks and crannies for you to find chests and hidden goodies in like skill points because there's a, there's a whole sort of skill tree system. Uh, every character like plays differently. So no like Luigi, Luigi's night for example is like is because he's like cowardly he's essentially a sniper class so you're he can like cover large distances but you want to keep him undercover so he can attack from very far away because you don't want to get involved uh mario's like sort of every man kind of thing peach is i want to say like peach is like a healer but she's not in both games she's got a shotgun she means business she ain't fucking yeah it's great <laughs> even better in the second game but yeah the level structure is like oh you you go from a to b like having a having a look around solving some uh puzzles which are normally like block puzzles or kind of like the red coin there's also like yeah red coin challenges from like the other like 3D Mario games you got to find when they are within a strict time limit uh, and a few other bits and bobs uh, and then you got your combat so combat works in the first one at least just like XCOM or XCOM 2 like everyone has like a couple of actions per turn you move on a grid but depending on who you're playing as you can jump on certain enemies heads as well so you can like glide above like and jump a bit further just for like more movement but one kind of really like uh, unique to this series is you can dash or like slide into enemies so you know like normally like you walk up to an enemy you can't do anything like you just sort of have to move around them this one you can like go through them and do extra damage uh, and it's just like a really nice mechanic especially um, with some other abilities that work really well so Mario for example he's got a skill in both games which is essentially works like Overwatch from like the XCOM games where if any enemy makes a move he'll take a shot at it mm. um, but if you do like the dash mechanics which like flips an enemy into the air you do damage by doing that and that triggers Mario's Overwatch because technically the enemies move so you can really fuck them up that way it's, mm. uh, it's it's really satisfying to pull off every single time even doing it in the second game but yeah the, the first one is pretty linear the second one premise is still like the same but the world structure is different this one you have like five worlds and they play more like um, the 3D Mario games where um you basically have like the equivalent to like star missions or moon missions like there's just stuff on the overworld to do whether that be solve a puzzle open the treasure chest fight so many things um once you've got enough coins you can turn them in for like more upgrades yeah and you also have sparks in it which essentially acts as power-ups or debuffs for your enemies and you can swap them around between characters as well so you can make them do whatever the hell you want really so you find the uh a move that you really like like there's one called like pyrogeddon which essentially summons down flaming meteors that's really nice give it put it on the metal characters when they get up close and personal you can do insane damage uh, but also all the characters in the second one play differently like every character is not the same play style as the first one and i'll be here all day explaining all of them um <laughs> yeah. but the, the combat's slightly different for first first off the, the combat scenarios tend to be shorter like you can get fights over within like one or two turns because I, I think the, the game overall is bigger so they try to make the combat like faster so you got that going on and they've also got rid of the grid system so it's more like oh you can like move around more freely just within a certain area but you can actually cover quite a lot of distance because you can also jump off your teammates so you mm. can sort of piggyback throughout the mission and you can also jump on enemies heads as well like the first one and cover even more ground so yeah there's a there's a 
lot of options to play with, and they're both fun. I'd say the second one probably outstays its welcome a little bit towards the end because there's so much. And I was when I was streaming it, and it's the first time I played it. When I was getting near the end, I was just like, I, I can't be bothered on the last few side missions. I, I really can't be asked anymore. I just want to get this game done, mm. um, which doesn't help. And it does one of my things that is a pet peeve of mine: uh, level caps. It like caps out at thirty, like, uh, which I easily hit without grinding. So yeah, it, it was annoying when I was getting to like the last boss and say, "Oh, you got several thousand experiences like wow that means absolutely nothing thanks for that So, yeah, they're both they're fun games, though, and I do recommend them. The first one you can, because it's a fair few years old now, I want to say like 2016, maybe, give or take. It's it was pretty, it's, it's near enough near enough a launch title for the Switch when it came out. It was like out before Odyssey. In fact, I think it's like the first Mario thing that was on it. So, sure. You know, but, uh, I may be wrong. I'm, but... I'm, I'm, well, one Switch came out 2017, and I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure it's like 2019, but I don't, that rabbits came. Oh, out. I don't believe. I don't bloody know. <laughs> it, it feels like it came out relatively soon after the Switch. I've got a physical copy of it, but I can't reach it from here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> More important things. Yeah, no. um, I don't. Uh, they're both good though, so I do recommend them. If you if you like uh, tactical <laughs> things like let's say XCOM or Phoenix Point, give them a go. They are genuinely good games, despite what they look like. Yeah. Like some of the things you've been saying, literally feel like things that have been are in Fire Emblem engaged, like the, the sparks. Yeah, sound like the yeah. um e- the embol the emblems in engage where you can mix them about and they give like a massive buff or power to your ca- said character who has them. Mm-hmm. No, it's I think it unlike let's say Fire Emblem, it, you've got like the more. F- the 3D scope of um, rabbits, don't you? You do, yeah. yeah. So, because uh, like you, you uh, fight on like different planes. So, like like Luigi, for example, sniper. So if he's higher up, he'll do more damage to people on the lower ground. Mm-hmm. Oh, there is a bit in Fire Emblem, but because def- I've been watching some of your, uh, some of your streams of rabbits, and it definitely seems there's a lot more verticality with the combat. Yeah, there is, yeah. Whereas, like, Fire Emblem is just like, oh, I, I've got a flyer, it can just go over here, and now I can attack this, boom, there you go, there's that enemy dead, da 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 yeah. Whereas Rabbids, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, like, some of the way, when I was watching your stream, some of the way you just get across the map from, like, just using, is it like the, I don't know what, what on the second one you had, like, that, uh, the little device, and you just, and you just like, what you'd make one of your characters just jump over terrain, just get a whole load of extra movement. Yeah, so basically it's like a, it's, like a thing like your characters like hold on to as a sort of gliding mechanic a bit a bit like a um well like, not a glider really but in the first game because it was like grid based you could just like see where your character would land it's just like arcs and then like goes a couple of squares mm. but this one because it's like it's not on the grid you, you got a lot more free movement with it yeah. yeah I I I would like to play them at some point but you know time and money and all that usual mm-hmm. shit oh. yeah well but but what? But I was going to say, but, 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 I think we should keep things a bit more up to speed, a bit more current. Dan, you've seen Oppenheimer, haven't you? Yes. I'm g- just want to say, before Barbie Hammer, there was Animal Crossing and Doom. I just want to say that, because people yeah. forget that that was a thing as well. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll drop this as well, because I've seen this. Did you know... <laughs> Like soon, Saw Ten and Paw Patrol. The new movie comes out, so we've got like Saw Patrol. Oh, your favorite <laughs> film, Paw Patrol. I, I know, right? I can't wait to see how they get to oh, I can just hear Weldy already singing that theme song to you. Yeah, I've seen the poster. Went, oh no, there's going to be another fucking game, isn't there? <laughs> there's going to be another movie. Time. It doesn't end. 
and Hell yes, Oppenheimer. And Hell Oppenheimer. welcomes you back in. Um, <laughs> uh, Oppenheimer. Um, this film is fantastic. Uh, I don't think it's still not my favorite uh, Christopher Nolan film, but that's when he's got a fantastic roster of films that he's directed. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, yeah, I, I really like Oppenheimer. It's very heavy. It's uh, a long film, and yeah, it's it's pretty much probably what you expect. Um, you know, it, uh, it obviously talks about you know he's the uh, father of the atomic bomb. You know, so it goes it. Goes into the making of the first atomic bomb and a lot of that during the war, uh, and has some other bits before the war and after the war. And I don't know. There's a. It's just. It's a. You can't. If you've watched any Christopher Nolan films, you kind of kind of know vaguely what you're going to get into. Like the cast is just absolutely stacked with so many act actors and actresses that even towards the end, I was like, oh, it's that actor. Oh, it's that actress. Oh. Like music is fantastic. There's a lot of moments during the film where there's like, like these uh, some of the the music has like scratching and quite weirdly ambient moments, and it really sets the tone in 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 those scenes. Um, I don't know. It's I don't really know. Like it's a Christopher Nolan film. It's it's gonna be it. You pretty much guaranteed it's gonna be at least good. I guess. Um, but yeah, Oppenheim is great. Uh, so what you're saying is the film is the bomb. Yeah, yeah. I, I think <laughs> what I what I didn't expect was the the dual narrative uh, throughout the film. There's like it quite from literally the get go. It introduces this dual narrative where there's you have like the backstory or the story of Oppenheimer making the atomic bomb, and then there's in the in the I say the future, but uh, there's like a, a a timeline in in the film which is set I think either in the fifties or late forties. I think it's in the fifty. No, it's in the fifties. Sorry, it is in the fifties. I'm not sure when, but it's set in the fifties. It's all in black and white, and it's. Uh, and it's got and it's centered all around Robert Downey Jr.'s character, and he he is just as important of a character as as the film goes on as Oppenheimer. Uh, I can't remember who who plays. I know he's the char- the the man's surname because it's Stross, but I can't remember his first name. I say character; they're all real people. It is based off of a uh, film. Is based off a book. I think it's called American Prometheus. I believe. Um, yeah, it sounds like it would be right. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. It's some. I think it's American Prometheus. I know Prometheus is in the title. Um, yeah, it's it, it. Realistically, it's about this. The actual narrative in the the fifties and everything. The whole film basically justifies what what's going on in the the fifties with Robert Downey Jr.'s character. Um, but it's quite it's fascinating, and it's like all about the morality of what the, the of uh, making the bomb and the actions of th- that. And although I did kind of know that before going in, because I went I came out uh, of the film and my dad was like talking about that, and I was like, yeah, yeah I I already expected that. Like, of course, you know, but. Uh, yeah, it's 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 very it's very good. It's I think it's three hours and twenty minutes. I think it's a long as a, film. As a contender to the Lord of the Rings, it's a it's a big boy. Uh, it's it's heavy. It's it, it's a it's a it's a good film. Um, 
But as I said, it's probably it's not my favourite Christopher Nolan film, but it's still a very good film. But my my favourite's probably The Dark Knight, which says a lot about me, I guess. <laughs> so how much detail does it actually go through in the film Oppenheimer? Because in, what do you mean? Um, in, in which aspect? As in, in terms of the the time period, Oppenheimer's infamous quote saying, "I am the destroyer, the bringer of death," or something. Uh, well, that's. Well, he, that's, he says that a few times. The first time he says it in the film is, uh, I don't know if, the, it, it, he, well, he says it, like, behind closed doors. So, and that's, like, the first time he properly says it. But there's no, like, public moment that he says it. But it's a thing, uh, it is said a couple of times throughout the film. And it, it is something that clearly does stick with him throughout his life, even if, it's not said like there's a moment uh after like there's a scene after the bombs have been dropped which is quite i don't want to say much more but that's very much would i would say that that quote would very much have been in his mind in the way it's in in the film like that, that where open where how Oppenheimer feels in that point in the in in the film i would assume that that quote would have been firmly in his mind at that moment mm. but like the first his time his mind is what you say Mm. Yeah, like the first time he says it is quite a interesting scene. I'll say that. Have you seen the clip of him? Um, you've probably seen it on YouTube when he's actually on TV saying what he's done, in like an interview aspect. No, I calling haven't. the he literally. There's a so if if you go onto YouTube, type in Veritasium, the YouTube channel, and he released a video six days ago at the time of recording of why Oppenheimer deserves a movie. And it's, again, just a 30-minute video essay on the backstory of Oppenheimer. So, like, when he was at school during the 20s, how he was refused to study, he didn't enjoy physics, he didn't enjoy chemistry, That's and then went on. Yeah, Yeah, so, I honestly, I highly recommend you check out the video. It's it's enlightening. And I've also seen, there's a series I've been watching on YouTube. I can't remember if I talked about this before. Um, if you, because uh, I've been recently, I, I say recently, I've been highly interested in like the Cold War um, era and what actually happened from uh, the, well, basically the mid thirties all the way to nineteen ninety two, I believe. It's a YouTube channel called Vasil Luga, and it's a BBC. Well, he, basically, it just brought over the BBC twenty four part documentary on the Cold War, and there was a part where they were talking about obviously the nuclear arms race that was going on, and also including Oppenheimer and everything that was happening it was fucking mm. it's very it's very interesting honestly if you want to know that um that sort of moment of like tension between the 40s to the 90s check out that documentary series fucking incredible yeah i really really want to see Oppenheimer. it's it's very good okay i, I think there's about four five Christopher Nolan films I've not seen. I think, except for Tenant, pretty much everything since The Dark Knight. No, sorry, everything since Batman Begins I've seen. I've not seen anything before Batman Begins, but then everything except Tenant I've seen after. But I, I hear mixed things. I, and I hear hear Tenant's all oh, is all right. I don't. I know yeah, that's I've not one of his. On that too, but I've not seen it. I know that's not one of his better film, the best films. But uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to see Oppenheimer, but I've not had a chance to go to this cinema so uh instead i decided to make some substitutes <laughs> while i was at home i thought you know i'm gonna watch some films i ain't seen i want to because i want to see mission impossible i want to see barbie and uh fun fact guys uh, fun fact people at home i wanted to try and get the lads together to all go and see barbie together do a photo shoot I'll, I'll be it honest, great i would have done that i would have done that sadly i'm i'm busy the the night we suggested unless unless we would yeah. go 
tomorrow night. <laughs> Do you want to go oh no, I've, I've started something now. <laughs> I've started something now. I need to have a check at what type of fiction work. Yeah, same. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Uh, where was I? Um, yes. Oh, I, was here. yes. I haven't moved. Yes. So, um, yeah, I wanted to see Oppenheimer, but I ain't got time to go cinema. Um, so, I thought, you know what? I've not watched. I've not watched the 1984 nuclear holocaust movie, Freds, which apparently they made children watch when they were in school. I wasn't one of them because otherwise I'd have seen it before. And that's only really condescending, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so if you're unfamiliar with Freds, it is a BBC made for TV film kind of done a bit like a documentary but not really because it follows several groups of people but it's like they're not acting to the camera it's a little bit odd how it's done but essentially cut long story short due to a political aggravation nuclear bombs go off in sheffield of all places of all places <laughs> of all places yes um which is hard to tell with sheffield because it looks like a nuclear bombs hit it anyway at the best of times I mean, have you been which, which is which is probably why they filmed there because uh it would just look just look the part before they've even started he's like yeah we found the uh we found the waste site yeah that's it <laughs> sorry to anyone from sheffield listening we don't mean I'm it Preston. <laughs> well may- maybe a little <laughs> yeah so uh, fred's follows like a group of people like one politician who's trying to keep everything together just like you know immunities that kind of thing like running water all that kind of stuff you just got a couple from like separate families so to give you like a sort of point of view from like the everyday man you've got people picketing in the streets it's like the first hour of the film is like the build up to it it's like because it's like slowly escalating in the background and people will like say people like uh protesting is like oh stop nuclear war but then like the last sort of 45 minutes of the film is like after the bomb's gone off like people like dying of radiation poisoning it's really really happy it's it's a film i can see children being forced to watch it in primary school absolutely loving and will absolutely not traumatize them for life (laughs) (laughs) which um, it must have done because this film it's not like graphic or anything it's not like over the top violent but it's shot uncomfortably it's like you can see people like suffering you don't hate you you just like you know whack a bit of dirt on people and just say oh no i'm dying of radiation poisoning but you know, a bit more dramatically, and mm. that, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Um, yeah, I would have recommended it. Maybe it's it's interesting. <laughs> it's not it's not age great because I say it's made for TV film from 1984, but it, it's one of those uh, cult films. So, uh, I know a lot of people have have seen it like back in the day and sort of have a I want to say soft spot for it. But <laughs> that seems harsh for what kind of film it is. <laughs> it's like oh, I have a soft spot for when the people the people died. Yeah, um, it is what it is, and that is a film from 1984. <laughs> Called Fred. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not classic. Quite... I've never heard of it. Have you not? Did no. you enjoy no. it? I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the well, thing. It's like, a little bit hard. It's like, it, it, it unfolds. It's like, I guess it's done semi realistically. Uh, what could like potentially happen, but. The whole thing's like miserable by design, so mm. you're not really meant to have a good time while you're watching it. I think it's trying to make you think more about the actual situation being done slightly more realistically rather than, you know, Hollywood. Well, you hear the made yeah. TV and you're like, hmm, yeah. is this going to be good? Hmm. Mm. Yeah, because it doesn't like really star anyone famous. It's like, I didn't recognise a single person in it. It's like all those uh, <laughs> direct video uh, Disney films, uh, sequels <laughs> that came out uh, in the late 90s, early t- noughties, like Lion King 2, Aladdin 2. What uh, Pocahontas too? It's just like okay, let's let's not 
Yeah, please stop. I, I say that, but people still do talk about it. It still does like do the rounds every now and again. Yeah, like, to be fair, that, my mate messaged me the other, the other week talking about uh, Return of Jafar. And I was like, I, I, <laughs> I don't, I can't. I feel like I've seen it, and I believe feel like it was bad, but I can't remember. Well, I've got Disney Plus, I can easily rewatch it. So the great thing about the, the title Return of Jafar, it's an excellent subtitle that's attached to it. Like anything, <laughs> <laughs> Try, take any film, but Return of Jafar. Uh, Terminator 2, Return of Jafar. <laughs> Star Wars, The Return of Jafar. <laughs> and then you decided to put yourself through a lot of pain and you watched the 2017 film The Mummy. Why? Yes, I thought, I, I thought what would be uh, less painful than watching people you know, die slowly of radiation poisoning? I thought, you know what would be more painful than that? Watching The Mummy from 2017. <laughs> Right, and you were like, I, I, what's more painful? Watching myself go through pain. So I have two things behind this, right? One is I wanted to see Mission Impossible not at the time. I thought, you know what? I'll, I'll pick another film that's got Tom Cruise in it that I haven't seen. That is a film I haven't seen yet. Uh, the other one is for my charity stream, and I quickly played through it again. You always spoke about this on the podcast before, but I'm going to play The Mummy Demastered, which I will go on record for saying uh, is genuinely possibly one of the best uh, movie licensed games ever made, period. Ooh. And I really, 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 really highly recommend it. Just very briefly. It's a, it's a Metroidvania with like emphasis on the Metroid. It's based on the 2017 film, right? But it really has like nothing to do with it. It's it's basically like you fight the mummy. That's like the main antagonist. But you're playing as like a sort of SWAT squad, like sent in to like, deal with it. Though. But the only weird thing is it it's it's got the character of Russell Crowe from the film as like your sort of operator. So you're playing this lovely pixel art game, which looks absolutely stunning. And then occasionally you just get a random pixelated picture of a Russell Crowe pop up, and it's a little what? it's a little it's a little bit jarring. But um, it it works. It does look like him. So <laughs> fair uh, so yeah, I thought, you know what, I love this game, and I've never seen the film, and I want to see Mission Impossible, so the, the stars of sort of a line is like, right, I'm going to watch The Mummy, because I ain't seen it yet, let's get it over with. It, is it that bad? It is that bad. <laughs> this it's... film was meant to start a new cinematic universe. It started it and failed. killed it in one fell swoop. <laughs> yep, it's awful. <laughs> so, the biggest crime it does and it does it a lot, is the whole show-don't-tell. It does so much fucking explaining, and it's so like, blatant and shoehorned in. The intro to Tom Cruise's <laughs> character is literally a drill sergeant talking about him and his friends, like, pretty much directly to the ca- camera, saying, oh, you're a treasure hunter who does this and this, and you got cruel for this. Like, you just bring up his entire fucking backstory to him. You know this person. <laughs> Why are you talking like this? <laughs> it's like bringing yeah, that was up a bit weird. Yeah, that was... What, what the fuck? <laughs> be like if... I don't know. Uh, if Sean Connery just started talking about Indiana Jones, it's like, at the beginning of the first film, and saying, oh, he's my son and he's a treasure hunter. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's it's dumb. And for a film about mummy, it, it's really fucking boring. There's a lot of dialogue and not much fucking happening. There's a couple of set pieces, like there's a plane crash near the beginning, uh, which honestly was way early in the film than I thought it would be. I thought it would be like more the, to the climax because it was in like all the trailers, like the stunt where he's in an airplane. But that's much much earlier on. So how I remember the film is boring intro, weird fucking <laughs> introduction to the characters, plane crash. Nothing happens for about 90 minutes. <laughs> really, really shit uh, final battle. Well, I say battle. Standing around talking a bit more, really. <laughs> um, the heated debate. Yeah, 
yeah, kind of. Oh, and a sort of happy-ish ending to sort of like tie things together. He's like, oh, Tom Cruise is cursed. Oh, well. Oh, well, the end. <laughs> Next film. Shall we resolve that? Nah. Let's just say some bullshit about <clears throat> he's searching for a cure and everyone's happy. He's like, what a load of crap. <laughs> they even do a thing where like his friend dies and even he gets fucking bought back. <laughs> and uh, they, they do a thing where um, Tom Cruise can like see him like as a sort of undead. Uh, and I thought, are you also ripping off uh, American Werewolf in London? Because <laughs> that happens. Which what which bit? How which bit? How how's ripping uh, off? T- uh, there's a um one of the subplots of American Werewolf in London is the main character's like best friend gets killed by a werewolf. Oh yes, uh, yes I remember. And, and it, yeah, and he keeps like seeing him like as a corpse. Like, yeah, <laughs> and they do the same in the moment. Oh, oh my god. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I thought, oh, but that character's played by Frank Grillo, as you may know, as like Crossbones from the MCU. Mm. So, uh, so I thought, so my eye, my eyebrows raised a little. Like, oh, I didn't know it was in this. Maybe it would be better. Nope. It wasn't. <laughs> He's like, I'm meant to be the comedy psychic. Um, except I don't have any comedy. <laughs> I forgot to bring it. We also forgot to bring all the action scenes. and But we bought a fuck ton of dialogue that's really pissed for written. Uh, it's like a sort of first draft. Basically, don't don't watch this film. <laughs> Read it. <laughs> don't, and don't even think about it. Think about watching no. it. I don't think it'd be that bad. I'll, I'll say this. Oh, I knew it was that bad without even... I'll, I'll, I'll give it one point. I oh. think the girl who's playing the titular mummy looks the part. Mm. Yes, that's it. I think when I saw the trailer, she just reminded me of um, Suicide Squad. It just looked like it was influenced by Suicide Squad, the first one, with Kara. Uh, yeah. I can't remember what the actual actress is. It's like Kara something. You know who oh, I, I don't mean? know the name, but uh, I, I know, yeah, the, the villain. The... Where she's yeah. like a human and and then she's like possessed i can't remember what the her villain name is in is it enchantress I, I don't fucking know yeah enchantress yeah yeah even yeah. i had to think yeah it just reminded me of her yeah yeah i suppose if i take one thing away from the mummy is it just makes me appreciate the original ones well i would say the originals the uh the 1999 ones much yeah. much more yeah <laughs> the, the brendan, the brendan Fraser Fraser ones. ones yeah yeah the the yeah I was going to say something, and I was like, nah. Uh, It was still a bit of an alarm bell when Tomb of the Dragon Emperor was a bit of an alarm bell. You know, I still haven't seen that one, because I heard shit things when it came out, so I just never got around to seeing it. I swear to say that they thought, oh, oh, we've got a CGI budget, let's start using it. Mm. That's why they started to go OTT with some of the special effects, and it was just like, it's a sort of taken away, you know, the idea of the mummy. Yeah, well, <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson doesn't look the best at times in the uh, second movie <laughs> film. Yeah, they, no, could, they, no, couldn't, they couldn't afford Dwayne, so they CGI'd him. Yeah, it's, like what few... AI, it's like what AI actors are doing right there's now. There's a few mo- moments in that film where he looks, his character looks like doo-doo butter. Yes. Yep, I, I saw the second one in the cinema and I remember it. <laughs> you remember even back then going, that looks shit. <laughs> I can't believe so, they did that, though. It was... Stupid. Brendan Fraser's back, and this time he's battling a PS2. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it's not a PS1? No, it's not jaggy enough. At least that would have a bit yeah, more. Yeah, was it with polygons? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah, no, there was more polygons. Yeah. yeah. Actually, on the topic, on the topic of the mummy, 
And obviously, I said I'm a fan of the Scorpion King films because, like, the first one, I did enjoy the first one a lot. But then, like, the second, third, and fourth ones were getting a bit ridiculous again. They were like, oh, we've got CGI money. Let's start using it. I was like, no, please don't. If you've got the money, invest it in something better. But have you played, have you heard of the PlayStation 2 game of um, the Scorpion King? Oh, I know it exists. I've obviously never played it. So the way it plays is, I'd say it's like, it's kind of frustrating but really cool at the same time so there's like different tiers of weapons like you've got you've got like white tier which is like your absolute basic all the way up to like red tier which is like your absolute like god tier weapons but the thing is as you get later on in the game and you start fighting like the army of anubis it does start to get quite difficult but what takes the piss is if you die you lose all your weapons but you still go back to the checkpoint so you could get late late game with all like the red tier items die and you've not gotten them anymore so you're back to like your normal tier weapons and you can't kill shit <laughs> I, I remember having a good time with that game until then and then i gave up <laughs> yeah that was that was that, that was surprisingly fun actually was surprisingly fun it was like um prince of persia in a way like you know you can explore egypt and obviously just nice combat yeah. overall always... the mummy should go back into the tomb and bury herself yeah i always basically... remember this, this the scorpion king and the uh second prince of persia game uh on the ps2 a lot because they both had the soundtrack uh the song was i stand alone by godsmack in both of really them. yeah I can't, I can't remember it's literally i played it literally like during like mid ps2 era so i can't remember it. can't remember much about the games yeah, it's, a, it's about the same time I was like really into Godsmack as well. If you don't know what you know, I've got a Godsmack tattoo because they were like the first band I've ever really seen live. I've got a tattoo. Of so when it came out, it's like, I know this band. This is a band I like and no one else is allowed to like. <laughs> so, I didn't know anyone else that knew them to be. I know, I know they uh, got a lot bigger over the years and now they seem to have like fizzled out. It's like they're there, but they're not like, doing anything <laughs> special. Mm. They're still touring, but yeah, they're, they're just there. <laughs> Uh, well, what else we got? Well, well, guys, I, as you, as you know, I'm still when I I'm still like loosely playing a bit of Tears of the Kingdom, Octopath Traveler one and two, uh, and uh, after Tears, I was like, you know, I'm I was still craving some more Zelda. So I was speaking to one of Brandon and mine's mates, and he he went to me, Dan, you should play the Legend of Zelda, the the Mimish Cat. So um. Mimish. I have, and I've beaten it. I, I've, I've actually beaten it already. Uh, in the space of our, our last recording to this one, I have beaten it. Um, yeah, it's, it's not that long. Well, unless you're going for 100%, then it's... I near enough went for 100%. Uh, I don't bother, it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, to get 100%, you basically just get, get an extra heart piece uh, so that you can get 20. I had 19 hearts by the end of the game. I was missing one heart piece and then the other... No, I was missing three heart pieces, but uh, two were just ridiculous. Um, and one I've missed and I don't know where... But I can't be asked to find it. Um, but yeah, I've, I've beaten, played and beaten the Mimish Cap. I, I really like this game. I think it's w- one of the best uh, top-down Zelda games. E- uh, e- either of you played it? Never even heard of it. Yeah, I finished it a few times yeah. back in the day. It's the, yeah. it's, the Zelda, it's the Zelda game on the Game Boy Advance. Oh, okay. It's the, it, was, <clears throat> it was made by Capcom. And its its gimmick is you turn s- small. You can like become small link, and then you can enlarge and you go into like small spaces and stuff like that. That's that's its gimmick. Yes, it also featured a uh, a gimmick where you could like copy yourself four times a couple of the boss fights, and that went on to become Four Swords Adventures. Yes, 
I didn't realise. I, like, I knew the sword. I, I think I before I played it, I thought that the sword was the master sword. And then as I was playing, it was like, I must have got information completely incorrect. Or, I don't know. Because, yeah, it's basically the origins of the four swords. Mm-hmm. Which and I, his hat. Indeed, yeah, yeah. Because uh, it's got like the same art style as like Wind Waker. Uh, so you're that you're that link. Yeah, the one you basically. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, like I said, it took me just under twenty hours to beat. Near enough doing one hundred percent. Not, I think I was about ninety five percent. There's like a few things I've not done, but I, I can't be asked. Um, I did play. The European version over the US, and I think by around uh, my 18th hour, I was like, maybe I should have played the US version because apparently it's better as there's less bugs. But then I didn't encounter any bugs in the European version, so I guess it doesn't matter. And a few mm-hmm. things have changed because there's a few puzzles that are completely different in the two versions. Like there's a m- there's one puzzle that I got stuck on for ages, where in the US version there's a fucking sign there going, bomb this, bomb this, where I was like, where the fuck do I go? And I just had to bomb a wall. But there was no sign, because it's the European version, to tell me. So they had to make it more. It was there. You could, After, I was like, oh yeah, I can, I can see it now. But yeah, in, in the US version, it, there's a sign saying, bomb the wall. So, but uh, I, I, I've really enjoyed this game and it definitely is um one of my definitely like one of my favorite zelda games of like if, if i had to put it in in a in a, a tier list i would definitely put it in my a tier it's a it's solid it's very it's a very solid game really enjoyed the music really enjoyed the gameplay to me it did feel like the spiritual successor to Link's Awakening more than anything. And I guess it also made me not like Link's Awakening as much. Because I think uh, it made me just realise how convoluted certain things in Link's Awakening are. For example, there's... I think I did talk about... Did I talk about this? I think I did talk about this Link's Awakening dungeon before on the podcast, but... Oh, well. The Eagle Tower from Link's Awakening is quite a weird and convoluted dungeon because of it has features... Uh, free steel balls that you've got to put down a you got to put down like holes in the dungeon and it can be really confusing and i think that those aspects of like link's awakening of things that like the gimmicks of like the dungeons and link's awakening kind of bring it down on when i think back whereas like the mimish cap near enough most of the dungeons have a bit of a gimmick as well but they feel a lot more manageable and more enjoyable for like the fourth dungeon the the gimmick is you open the boss door from the get-go and you literally see the boss near enough from the beginning but then you've got to unfreeze the boss so then that's like the rest of the kind of dungeon is just unfreezing the boss because it has the the thing that item you're trying to get like i said i i really i really enjoyed the mirage cap taking me all these years to finally play it but uh i guess you know what it was worth it was worth the wait and uh, it it's one of those because it, I know you're a big fan of like uh, Link to the Past, Chris. It's where it's like this is like top top down Zelda in like a, a good solid top down Zelda. Yeah, Link to the Past will always be, in my opinion, the best top down Zelda. But stuff like Mimish Cap is a a great solid one as well. I still think probably the 
the next. I still think um, A Link Between Worlds is probably my second favourite top-down Zelda. I think it just captures why A Link to the Past is so great and just puts a new kind of spin on, on everything. And it's very influential on Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom as well. But uh, yeah, I, I think I'm going to try and play a few more top-down Zelda games because... I've not played as many. And I also realised I've only replayed three Zelda games. Well, I bet you can guess. You know, you both of you know probably two of them. But I bet you can't guess the third one. Well, as in replayed, as in you played it once and then just gone back and played it again. Yeah, there's only three Zelda games I've replayed. Obviously, Ocarina of Time. I would have said Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask and Wind Waker. Skyward no, Sword. No. Ocarina of Time. Wind Waker, and I bet you will never guess the other one. You'll Finish never. Guess... Zelda's Avenger. Phantom Hourglass. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a hot topic. <laughs> I, I I just I thought the other day I was like, wait, I've only replayed three Zelda games, and one of them is Phantom Hourglass. So you never. I'm surprised that you've never replayed Majora's Mask. I got halfway, and then I've not played it since. Because I got because when we bought the 3DS one, I got halfway. I've not played it since. Uh-oh. And then I think I got halfway through Twilight Princess, and then I got to the annoying, the second annoying fishing bit, and didn't play it. And then I've got halfway through Skyward Sword, and then stopped playing it. And then I got the HD version and actually beat it. So there's that's that. I'm terrible at getting halfway through a game and then just dropping it. I've got to get a couple of things off my chest <laughs> Oh no! Uh, yeah, um, I actually rate Minish Cat quite low. <laughs> I, there's there's a lot of things I don't like about it at all. Uh, <gasps> first off, it takes fucking ages to get going. <laughs> the intro is way too long. Secondly, the kinstone system it has is mandatory sometimes, but the game doesn't really oh, tell yeah. you that, and it's a right ball late to do. Uh, I'm not saying it's for, perfect. Poor progression is a real pain because sometimes it's just really not clear and where you need to go at all you like can scour oh, yeah. the map and go over it several times and you still get fucking lost and oh, the way yeah. forward is not obvious and fourth it's got the single worst heart piece in the entire franchise to get yeah so That's if you I've don't know it. if you don't know the game system uh, has a sort of uh gacha sort of um collectible things where Stand you have up. to gamble show yeah no, no. no why do you like no. this shit that just sucks no, uh, it's it's yeah. bad. Yeah, it's real bad. So you have to use like uh, seashells as sort of as a currency, and you can put up to twenty of them into a machine to give you a percentage chance of getting a statue. Of which What's I believe there's chance? like uh, I think there's like a hundred and twenty of them. So even if you put in the max, you're not guaranteed to get what you need. Oh, uh, I'd be hooked. Yeah. Also, uh, your shells max out at like nine hundred or something weird and uh triple nines yeah it's it, it, triple nines yeah and it's even if you put all of them in they're just not enough so you were sort of incentivized to keep going back to keep putting them in to try and get one otherwise you'll be picking up shells out of chests and you do it quite often in fact they're one of the main rewards is bloody seashells so you can like oh open the chest it's like oh you got seashells it's set like you've already full so you're just completely wasting your time and these are just going straight in the bin you don't put them back or anything it's like no they're just wasted so you. Yeah, and you also have to get every single one in order to open a room to get a single heart piece. Yep. Fuck that. People have made videos about how fucking stupid and percentage-wise oh, yeah. and doing this. So, fuck that. And also, I was always really bummed out that some of the bosses are just like just regular-sized enemies, but you're small. It's like, 
I quite I quite like that <laughs> because it's the the gimmick of the fact that you turn small. It's like oh, it's just a choo choo, but it's massive. I think it I think it's fine for the first boss as a sort of introduction to like the bosses, but they do it several times. It's like it's it just feels like there's no actual boss of this dungeon. There's like no big guardian or anything. It's like no, just due to a really unfortunate circumstance, you just happen to walk by when this was happening. But, uh, <laughs> like the, the the third dungeon has like the gimp like the standard fucking Nintendo boss, a head and hands. Um, yes, yes, hand. Yeah, it. but it, I think it's quite fun in Minish Cap because you got to, once you kill a hand, you then got to go into the head and and then um, kill it from inside the head when while you're small. And I quite like that. But it is yeah, the standard of, oh, here we go. It's a head and hands. I've not seen Nintendo do this before. Oh, wait, they've done it in Star Fox. They've done it in, um, what is it in Star Fox? Too many times. They've done it in Zelda a few times. They've done it in, what, have they done it in Mario? Surely they've done yeah, it in Mario. Yeah, you do it in Mario 64. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's like, a bit of a trip. Yeah, but yeah, for, for, for all those reasons combined, uh, in fact, when, like last year when I replayed Minish Cap, I thought, oh, it'll be fun. I did like two streams of it. I just, I just, I just stopped. I was like, I'm not having fun. I was like, that's not, <laughs> not enjoying it. <laughs> It might be fine with as you say because you've only played it like for the first time, so mm. everything's new and shiny. But it's like as soon as you like play it again, all the scales just fall from your eyes and you realize mm. this game's really fucking badly designed. <laughs> I, mean, I quite like the dungeons. I think they were like compared to some of the, especially compared to some of the Link's Awakening dungeons, they I found them really quite fun. I I found some of the puzzles to be quite uh, entertaining. But uh, I know what you mean with. Like going through the quest, there's a lot of uh, busy work in between the dungeons where it's just like, couldn't it be a bit more streamlined? The problem is you only got what five? Well, you only got six dungeons, including the final one. So it's not the loads they put, and the maps are not massive. No, but what well, I kind of make up for it by making like every dungeon a pain in the ass to get to. Mm. So, yeah, so the overworld is more of a dungeon than the dungeon is. <laughs> At times, yeah. Mm. Oh. Well, like I said, I, I I still think there's like well, uh, Link to the Past and A Link Between Worlds are still better uh, top-down Zelda games, but you know. Yeah, I'll take Link's Awakening any day. Yeah, uh, I think Link's Awakening just still has some of those dungeons that are just quite convoluted, especially as it goes along. But, yes, yeah. I do need to replay uh, Oracles and Seasons like the other Capcom made ones. I've yet to play them. They're both good, from what I remember. I was going to play Seasons probably next, but then I also mm. remembered I've not even finished Spirit Tracks. I opened it up and I was like, oh yeah, I'm obviously nearly either halfway or three quarters of the way through this game. I might, but I might just restart it just so I re- it's a bit more fresh. But I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, um, you did f- finish watching Ted Lasso. I did, yes. Uh, so Ted Lasso, uh, as I said on the last podcast episode, I started watching, and I thought uh, it's only like thirty-six episodes. It shouldn't be too long to get through. Here's the thing: um, the first sight like, series, like I like half-hour episodes. By the end of like the third series, the episodes are like an hour and a quarter. It's like oh hmm. fucking, hell. and it's something even the creators sort of sort of laments. It's like yeah, we sort of padded them out. They even like added episodes like for like season two, and I think it shows. Because there seems to be like a lot of filler. Um, I did overall enjoy the series, but I think they padded it out way too much. There's a lot of side stuff that I just didn't care about, and it felt more like a soap opera than anything. That plot points are like introduced and then like dropped a couple of episodes 
episodes later with like no lasting repercussions. It's like, wow, that was just a waste of time then, wasn't it? But, um, but the cool story of like uh, Ted Lasso and uh, actually managing the team, I was all on board for, which for someone who doesn't give a crap about sports, it's like, no, it's fine. When he's on screen, he's like, yes, stick with him. He's the main character. Stay with him. It's cool. It's cool. Ted Lasso. Stay with him. He's fun to watch. He's uh, he's overly optimistic. Maybe a bit saccharine. Like some of the series, like feels like, oh, it's everything wraps up in a nice package. Like a bit too well. <laughs> if you ask me, um, yeah, the, it sounds like I'm pissing all over. That's not fair because um, a lot of people like this series, and I did like it, but I'm never going to watch it again. Um, it feels like even though the episodes were extended, they somehow felt padded out and rushed. It's like they added, like overcorrecting themselves. They made the episodes longer to appease the network or whoever they needed to uh, appeal to. So they added a load of extra plot lines, and then sort of realized, oh yeah, we've still got the main plot. Um, and then they lived happily ever after the end. <laughs> so, yeah, it just felt incredibly rushed. Um, but that, that's how I felt. There were, were a couple of plot lines I did like. Um, obviously, the main one, there's one with one Nigerian footballers trying to be uh, bought by a very rich like, Nigerian billionaire uh, who's a complete childish prick. <laughs> and I've, I've spent like the entire time in that scenario wanting this uh, footballer to just, go on, just fucking punch him. He's a prick, go on. Um, yeah, I, I like that bit. Um, but there's a lot of sort of romance subplots that don't do anything for me and don't just go anywhere, which is like say a bit soap opera-ish. Yeah, it, I don't know. It, it kind of it kind of ran towards the goalposts and sort of stumbled about mm. halfway up the pitch. <laughs> I suppose if I was to put a metaphor on it. But it's not the, it's not a terrible series at all. I, I do recommend it. Um, just know that. The episodes start half hour and then just get progressively longer as the series goes on. Mm. Much to its detriment. I think if they stuck to the half hour format, it would have been fine. It would have been a lot a lot tighter and a lot more focused. And that mm. would have been better. Um, it's, like, it's like many things. You, you think in, in hindsight, you think if this show did this and this is mm. this... Be more, it'd be cleaner, better. Da, da, da. There we go. It'd be perfect. But sadly, that's things don't always work out that way. Yeah, but I, I think the most egregious example is is one of the main female casts start in like the third series starts up a new relationship they're concerned about one thing but then several episodes later they break up over something that's completely unrelated and overall that whole storyline with them having the relationship means absolutely nothing because then it's like just carrying on as normal like nothing ever happened like what the fuck was the point of that <laughs> it's a complete waste of time uh oh, just like the happens. um just like half of uh last jedi oh. <laughs> i'd say probably more egregious than that I think people, I think because it's trying to appeal to a lot of, like, it's trying to appeal to like people who's into sports, people who like the drama, and that it's it's trying to put too much in, mm-hmm. trying to appeal to everyone. And I know it works for a lot of people. Like, I think uh, surprisingly, some of the older people I've talked to prefer it. Um, don't know why. <laughs> they just seem to like it. Mm. Maybe um, probably because it's I don't know nicer i guess it's got swear words in it but it's not like overly violent it's not like game of thrones or anything like that it's like a bigger budgeted series that's like more grounded uh, yeah it's okay it's okay it's okay I, I really wanted to like it more than i did and to be honest i did like it more than i thought i would to start with but i was going off the border towards the end which if i'm to read the reviews correctly is kind of how people felt <laughs> yeah 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 Anyway, but very quickly, before we think we move on to our main topic, I've watched two more things, and these are short, so I'll get them over with now. No episode of 
first series of season 11 of Futurama dropped. It's fucking funny. <laughs> in fact, it's one of the better episodes I've seen of the entire series. I really enjoyed it. So I hope the rest of it uh, lives up to par. Yeah, that's all I've got to say. It was good. Uh, and then I've also watched the one-off. I think it's going to be a one-off anyway. The uh, prequel to Invincible, Atom Eve. If I'd known this uh, was out, I would have watched it. I, until literally half an hour until we start recording, you mentioned it. I was like, wait, when did this fucking come out? It came out last week. And if I'd known, I would have watched it already. But oh well. I didn't see it last week. I only seen it today. So no. I thought it came out like yesterday. No, it came um, out the other day. Anyway. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like... it's. It, I say it's like a standalone episode, but there's a lot happens, so it's kind of more like a mini movie, but like it's in fifteen an hour minutes. Long. Yeah. Well, after, after like all the credits and that, it's actually about fifty minutes. Yeah. Well, you know. Um. Yeah. So, but it feels like it's it's got a three act structure in base of fifty minutes. It's, but that's that's not to its detriment. Though. Um. It's got a beginning, middle, and end. It's fairly fast paced. There's no fat. It's like you you got the premise. You've got the uh, the sort of origin story, but it's not really, you know, they don't dwindle on it. It's just like, oh, this is happening. Now this is happening. And then you have climax, villain, boom. And then meanwhile, what was happening? Well, it's like a minute segment. It's like, what was happening with the main cast? Why was this going down? And that's pretty much your lot. But if I say anything, because it's only 50 minutes, it'll be a spoiler. So, yeah, it's, it's good. It's 50 minutes. It's, it's more Invincible. Invincible was great. So I'm happy to see that. I didn't realise it was an Invincible thing at first. So I just seen like the Atom Eve and I thought, oh, what's that? Just an, an another because <laughs> like, i ain't seen invincible for like i think it's like two years now since it came out yeah so i was like atom eve was like do i know atom eve it's like oh yeah she's a character in invincible it says invincible on it and i didn't realize at first i thought oh it's just another superhero animated thing so i, I completely bypassed it it's only when i've reread it it was like hold on that says invincible oh yeah i vaguely remember <laughs> uh, the character that wasn't omni man i remember yeah it's, it's decent. Yeah, just a couple of quick fire things worth keeping an eye out for, folks. If you've not seen them, both I recommend them both. And is there anything else before we move on to our main topic? No, I think what we said. Uh, did we say it earlier? I can't remember. Like, there's a few things that I'm watching but not finished, and there's a few other stuff like The Witcher. Comes, second half of The Witcher comes out in a couple of days, so I'm sure you can expect some of that next episode. I'm up to date with the with season three of The Witcher, but I guess my opinions are still the same from after even after the first episode. But uh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll go into our main topic, won't we yes. boys? Yes. So let down Chris. So, as you know, we talk about movies on here. I know. Shocking, right? Really? really? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I don't. But what what's a meaning what what's a main ingredient of a movie if you take away the synopsis and Music. everything else? Uh, yes. And, and and not that. The credits? What, what else? And not that. Well, I suppose credits are part of it. They they are for certain characters, aren't they? They certainly are. I fluffed this up bit. <laughs> Basically, I, I fluffed that line too. <laughs> I won't make a very good actor. So you might make a good voiceover artist. So basically, what are our favourite voice actors and actual actors in just films, video games? Uh, I was thinking just just, just films. Just films. Just just my favourite actors. And then there's like a voice actor. Just actors. I've got my actors and voice actors lined up. Yes, I'm, I before before Brandon says anything, I'm I'm already guessing that most of Brandon's stuff is going to be very very weeby, or there's going to be lots of Japanese names that I just don't know. <laughs> well, jokes I on you. Wrong. I may be wrong. Half of them is Japanese, and the other half is not. 
I've got I've I've barely got a list. I'm just doing it off by he- my head. Yep, same. <laughs> All right, so this is actually a little hard to narrow down because I like a lot of actors because I've watched a lot of films and watched a lot of series. But I actually like laser focusing. Like, who are my actual favorite actors? It's very hard, <laughs> very very hard. Like, oh, damn, it's like. And then I tried to wrap my head around what films would I go out my way to see if this person was in it? So, without any further ado, Dan, can you tell us who your favourite actor is? I like a lot, like you. Um, I think one of my favourites is Brad Pitt. I know already, because I did mention it pr- before you recorded it, not, neither of you are that interested in Brad Pitt as an actor, but I've, I think a lot of his films are really good, and just him as an actor, is he's very talented. I don't know, you must, yeah, I'm pretty sure you've seen it, Chris. Oh, I'm going to fucking forget his fucking name already. Oh, shit. Is it the, the Guy Ritchie film that he's in? Um, Snatch, yeah. Snatch. Like, the way his his role in Snatch is fucking brilliant. It's one of my favourite roles he's, he's had. Or even just something like Fight Club. It's absolutely brilliant. Yes, Fight, Fight Club for me has been somewhat tainted by the fact that like, it's used as a lot of example by so-called quote-unquote alpha males as a sort of thing to aspire to, which always makes me think, have they seen the film? Because that's yeah. really not what you want to be aspiring to. It's like, no, oh, I'm, really. I, I'm tired of dirt and me. It's like, what, you mean you have a thing that you imagination and you're mentally ill? Like, yeah, it, yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't see Fight Club like that, but... I mean, but yeah, his role in Fight Club is just fucking brilliant. Like, even just like Ocean's Eleven, even that that is quite fun. Already forgotten like a whole fucking load of films, but uh, you know, I, I Mr. Think... Mrs. Smith, who was in that, that was correct. Uh, I haven't seen it, so <laughs> well, I seen. I think I watched my dad. I think my dad had it on, and so I watched a bit, and I was like, whatever. But I think in my in my now in my mind, I'm like, I know the real reason he watched it. So, uh, of course, his most famous role being that of um, uh, is oh, forget the character's name. Um, uh, in Deadpool two, he's in Deadpool two. That was his purely. Oh yeah, he, he his, was. His Fifteen he minutes was. of fame. Wasn't he? I forgot he was in that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I generally I think I I I would I need to watch even some more films like uh, Ad Astra's been on my watch list to watch at some point. Um, yeah, I've not seen that. I need to see Bullet Train as well. Mm. But I, I generally, when Brad Pitt's in a film, I'm, I generally know, even if the film is crap, I generally know that I'm gonna enjoy his performance because he's a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pick one of mine. So I'm gonna go. Oh, would I change my mind last second? No, no, I'll go with my, I'll go with my gut. One of my favorite actors ever, and you'll know him from such films as The Avengers. Pulp Fiction, Fifty First State, and a little show called Secret Invasion. It's fucking motherfucking Samuel L. Jackson. Hell yeah! If, if I, was cast... my, I was going to put him on my list, to be honest. Yeah, if he's in a film, I'm watching the shit out of it because you know, no matter how bad it is, he's going to do a dang good performance and possibly say the word motherfucker, and it will be worth it. I was literally about to say, like, as long as he comes out and says surprise, motherfucker. Well, apart from the uh, <laughs> snakes thing. on the. Apart from the uh, snakes on the plane edit for TV, have you heard, have you heard that? No. What does he say? All right. So instead of the the iconic flame, I've had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. The dub for it makes no fucking sense because, and this is brilliant. And I'm just being delivered a cup of tea. So, oh no. All right. 
uh, interruptions over. <laughs> it, it says the line, I have had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. <laughs> Which means fucking nothing. What monkeys? Monday to Friday. What the hell are they talking about? Oh, I feel so bad for the deaf community if they had to witness that. <laughs> if you see it alongside with the actual like film, it doesn't even match up. It's it's ridiculous. But honestly, it just makes me like the film more. Oh, the film's a bit crap, to be honest. But Samuel oh, Jackson. Yeah. It was more about the name, wasn't it? It's like Sharknado. It's like snakes on a plane. It's like I still remember the bit in that <laughs> film where it's like uh, when that guy, that guy's like flying the plane at the end. It's like, where's your experience? He's like, I play video games. It's like, what? Yeah, it's it's one of those films. They come up with the title first, and then thought, oh fuck, we can't come up with a film there. Uh... Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson. It comes Royale with cheese. Well, I can name also another actor which. If I know they're in a film, it would probably convince me a bit more than usual to maybe watch it. Again, it's just as much as a cop-out as Samuel L. Jackson, but I'm going to have to say Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, hell no. Yeah, <laughs> no. No. Right at the bottom. No. No. I don't know what it is yeah. about films oh, oh, that he is in. It just draws me in. I just like his demeanour. I like what he portrays. I, you know, the fact he was in Moana as well like he was in Moana like we're doing a double of that he I, I liked him in um oh Jungle Cruise really enjoyed that yeah I mean if I if I know he's in a film I'll just watch it just because he's in it <laughs> basically I think what soured me and it's probably the same with Chris is that all of his roles these days are the fucking same. Yeah, I still remember Dwayne the Rock Johnson him. playing as Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Have you yeah. not? <coughs> oh, excuse me, not seen that That's meme that... where it's like a picture of Dwayne the Rock Johnson and he looks like he's wearing the same thing in all all four pictures, and it goes, "This is four different films." Yeah, yeah, where he's like wearing a white shirt. And like... I, I think I, <laughs> I think I got both. Two of them are Jumanjis in that meme. One's Journey to the Center of the Earth 2, or I think... I, one one's, of uh, welcome, one's Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, is it? Yeah. I don't know. It could be another fucking... It could be like four other films. <laughs> Surely that's more yeah. of a role of the producer, <clears throat> just basically making him wear the same stuff, because uh, that's just what he's doing. It's not really his fault as an actor, it's just what he's been given to wear. Yeah, is but it... the thing is, he's, he's cast like that, because I think, yeah, we'll just get in, because we know exactly like what we want. We, we just yeah. want the role. Yeah, the role. And, he, yeah. and he fits that role very well, because... Obviously, he's playing as himself. Yeah. Just like Sean Bean in movies plays as himself. Yeah, but well, Sean Bean's been a lot more very yeah. stuff. <laughs> I was saying Sean Bean's a very good actor. Yeah, I mean, Sean Bean was going to be in, in my list, but I was just like, uh, I mean, I like him in Silent Hill. I like him in Lord of the Rings. I like him in Game of Thrones. And I like him in GoldenEye, which I thought was a sudden surprise. I didn't know he was in GoldenEye. <clears throat> but apart from that, I don't really know anything. Have you ever watched? Do you ever? Either of you watched the TV show? I think it's called Legends with uh, nope. with Sean Bean. That was quite an interesting one. And the main reason I watched it was I heard he wouldn't die at the end. It would be a role where he wouldn't die. Spoiler alert: <laughs> he doesn't die. He actually he actually doesn't die. And so that was one of the reasons why I watched it. Anyway, the season, the first season, was quite fun actually. I can't. It was where he would go into like different personas, which were called legends. But then the uh, second season was a bit was wasn't as good, but it, it weren't too bad. Um, I, w- I wouldn't say it's not worth your watch. I tell you what, oddly enough, he doesn't die in Silent Hill. 
I was which, about you know, to say that he doesn't die in Silent Hill. He doesn't die yeah, in which, National yeah. Treasure. Yeah. But Silent Hill is like that's based around a lot of people dying. Yeah, he doesn't. Weird. Wasn't he in a a TV show where it, like feature racing or something the other year? I don't know if he dies in that, but I don't know. I know I know everyone's going to be screaming sharp sharps rifles. He was in that. But I guess he was. Literally, one of my mates, his D and D in my D and D game, one of my mates, his D and D character is based off Sharp. Oh, to watch them. Gonna have people really like them. <laughs> yeah. All right then. Uh, oh, I suppose we're swinging back to you and then pick number two. Uh, um. Uh, you pick something first. I'm still cooking. I'll say I've I've got another cop out. Go on. Johnny Depp. Right, I'll let you have that one. <laughs> the reason being <laughs> is because I like him in a lot of the Tim Burton films he's been a part of. I mean, it's likewise with um, The Rock. He's It's almost like he's playing himself as, you know, this sort of outrageously outward thinking, is he drunk, is he real character, i.e. Jack Sparrow, um, Edward Scissorhands. You know, like just every character that Johnny Depp seems to play just seems like this. He's he's not he's not talking to you. He's not thinking about you. He's thinking about something else while think while talking to someone else. You know, even like in Crimes of Grindelwald when he was playing as Grindelwald. I I just I, I don't know. I fancy that man. Is that is that bad of me? No, you're allowed to say that. If I was a woman, I would. <laughs> I'll tell you one really good Johnny Depp performance, and but nobody really talks about it because it like bombed and gets like bad reviews, and I don't understand why. Because I think it's really good. My niece has watched it, and she thinks it's really good. Uh, so my folks as well. You ever watched Secret Window? No, I never, never heard of it. Uh, so the premise of Secret Window is like he's kind of like a shut-in writer, and he has like someone come to his door claiming to be him. And, like he's like ripped off his work which i think is played by matthew mcconaughey if i remember rightly and he's going through like a divorce with his wife um it's kind of a thriller it's probably got a kind of semi-predictable ending but he acts really well in it and i do recommend it if you've not seen it it's only like 90 minutes so it's not like gonna take all day yeah it's really good now is it my turn <laughs> Are you still thinking? Hey, Dan's still cooking. Dan's still cooking. All right, then. I'll go with pick number two, then. I have to say this, because if I don't, my Twitch chat will go absolutely whappy. Danny DeVito. <laughs> Come on. He played Phil in Hercules. What more do you want? <laughs> he's in, he's he's in, the penguin. Uh, he's the penguin. Yeah, he was uh, one of my favourite roles he's in, as if you've ever seen it. Throw Mama from the Train. That film's great. Mm. Uh, with Billy Crystal. Plays off him really well. And of course, probably his most well-famous more now, playing Frank Reynolds in Always Sunny. Yeah. He fucking makes that series. Well, that series is great anyway, but he just elevates it to another level. <laughs> mm. Fantastic. But if I don't say him because of some of the memes on my channel, chat will go fucking whappy. It's like, you didn't say Danny DeVito. I was like, sorry, sorry. But he is. He's a delight. It's like, you, you see him, he's like, in a film like Twins, he's like, he doesn't, he doesn't have to say much and he's just going to crack you up. He's got that look about him. Um, he's a very interesting character um, and he always comes across as like really nice uh, which is one of the things I take away from like a lot of actors it's like yeah you can act in something but how do you actually come across do you feel like there's some kind of guy that I actually want to, want to hang around with like, go down the pub with it's like yeah I'll have a drink with Danny DeVito oh yeah mm. seems like I'll be alright I'll have to hang around so yeah Danny DeVito top bloke he's still cooking he's... down or do you want me to start you, reading you off say someone else. else I've got a few <laughs> ideas but I'm like eh, I'll make mind up you're, you're hoping one of us is going to say one. <laughs> okay, so before I move on to the weavy stuff, <laughs> Gosh. I'm going to talk about, well, it's still going to be along the lines of animated. So I'm going to also talk about voice actor performances. Oh, and in terms of Western voice actors, you know, I've not seen a lot. I openly admit I've not seen a lot. But I have to take my hats off to Seth MacFarlane as a voice actor. 
Oh, yeah, he's you talented. Know, he's, yeah, yeah, I just love the fact that, obviously, he's produced the likes of Family Guy and then also does the voice acting of Family Guy. And it's just, you know, it's little, like, little seed he planted working on other shows and all of a sudden he grew up, he grew his own with, with Family Guy. You know, that's, you know, he just does a great job. Has, I really do think he's done he, a great job. Well, he, he has done a f- bit more live action, actual acting in recent years. Mm. Uh, was it the like the um the, basically the Star Trek spoof thing he did, or the Orville? The Orville, yes, that meant to be quite good, apparently. But yes, that, and he also did a few films as well. Yes, like uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, which I keep trying to forget about. Yeah, well, unless you uh, got moustache. Don't forget Ted. Yeah, that was yeah. voice acting. Then, yeah, yeah, that's why I didn't mention it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the Peter Griffin's voice. It was, yeah, I was literally going to say, like, <laughs> you, you mainly know just Seth as just Peter Griffin. And anytime you hear that, it's just like, oh, it's Peter Griffin. It's like, no, it's Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, but same thing. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sh- I mean, okay, fair play. He's had a good career. I'm not sure how good a voice actor Seth MacFarlane is. He's like, I think he's only really got like the, the three voices, but he just reuses them. <laughs> no, no, he's, he's like, he, yeah. he has quite a I lot, know. but then actually, the problem is you hear the, as you say, the three voices, but his re- he's got an incredible range, but it, he just, I think he just gets in his comfort zone of the main ke- of what he kn- knows. Yeah, I'll do the Brian the Stewie or the Peter voice. Yeah. yeah. But also, if you look at the, oh, what's her name? The voice actor of Bart and Nelson. Oh, and yeah, Nancy, Nancy Carter. Nancy Carter. That's it. She's she's amazing as well. Did you have you seen like the Facebook video of her like going through the different um, Simpsons characters? Mm. I thought oh, that was yeah. pretty cool. Like the fact yeah. that oh, there's also the person who does wait SpongeBob. Tom Kenny. Tom Kenny. Tom, yeah, Tom Kenny. Speeches in Tom Kenny compilations. Yeah. Yes, because you know, like I just thought it was really interesting the way that the way he does the SpongeBob laugh is he basically turns his hand into like a karate chop and just sort of. Hits his throat, and I guess that that yeah yeah that sound. I thought that was really cool. Like these the techniques that some of the voice actors come up with to do just certain sounds. It'd be funny hearing Sparrow do that, wouldn't it? It is a bit weird. That's something that should exist. <laughs> yeah, it'd be funny. You just you just you just playing Sparrow two and three, and then suddenly Tom Tom Kenny's like, I'm just gonna do SpongeBob halfway through this game. You're like, wait, what? No Sparrow. That'd no. be a very strange Easter egg if it was to be one. But no, uh, it, it came. Spongebob they didn't uh, uh, when did Spongebob come out I don't know Spongebob Squarepants 1999 fuck me I was okay. going to say that to be fair I thought it was like early 2000s no well yes but no well it's before early 2000s it's like late 90s yeah very late 90s it started but yeah that's like western voice actors Nancy Carter Seth MacFarlane I, I appreciate their work okay uh, I'm gonna I feel a bit I kind of didn't I'll be honest I didn't really want to mention anyone from the MCU I've really, I've been really trying not to. But yeah, I, I didn't want to, but I've got one. So. I've got one. <laughs> He's the Samuel L. Jackson. I've, I've got. Well, yeah, but Samuel L. No. Jackson's a bit different. I've got one, but I'm going to be honest. Yes, their role in the MCU is incredible. But my favourite two roles for this character, for this character, sorry, for this actor, aren't uh, MCU. Funny enough, one's Oppenheimer. Yeah, and the other one is Natural Born Killers. Uh, this is Robert Downey Jr. In, in Natural Born Killers, I don't know if any of you have seen it. No. Yes, I have. Yeah, he is a news reporter, and he, he, uh, by the end, he goes absolutely crazy, and it's just fascinating to watch him do that role. And then I watched it after like Iron Man and all that, and it's like, whoa, this he he is a man with ra- with a good range like uh and then you have 
something like Oppenheimer, which he is quite a very interesting uh he's playing a very interesting character or a very interesting person uh, as strauss who is feels as intimidating but as very calculating and uh it's just such a fantastic role he has in Oppenheimer. uh you're missing his best role which one's that kiss kiss bang bang i've not seen that so not that. seen that with val kilmer can watch that that film's fantastic seriously watch that he looks so young in kiss kiss bang bang what the fuck <clears throat> He's it's not that in... long before the, the MCU, I don't think. Yeah, he was also in uh, Chef. That was good as well. Yeah, yes, he was. Mm. Yeah. I will say one uh... thing about Robert Downey Jr., though. Um, when I was first trying to get into the MCU, like, I literally, I, it was not until, like, COVID that I started seeing MCU films. I, I, ha- I Admittedly, I had a prejudice for Iron Man because all I knew Iron Man was just this red and yellow robot thingy that shoots lasers and floats. I didn't know the Tom Stark side of stuff, and Robert Downey Jr. did. I really enjoyed the way he played um, Stark. I, you know, it made me really like Iron Man as a character. It really did. Well, Iron Man in it's not as much in the not really in the MCU on live action, but in the comics, especially in the original comics, he's very similar to me. Because he has a weak heart, which that's in in the MCU, it's the device he has. But in original comics, he's a lot more like myself, which is why I kind of related to Iron Man, uh, the, the comic version of Iron Man, a lot more than the live action. Fair enough. Yeah, because in the early comics, it, he would go and fight and he, he'd be like, well, I might die trying to protect everyone because of my heart. That was mm. always a weakness. He... He uh, always something that he had to think about while when going to fight. Very nice, very nice. Uh, it's completely away from uh, actors and stuff, but you know, relatable. He's relatable to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Are you still cooking, or have you guys got any more? I've got a couple more. <laughs> I have a few more. Uh, yeah. All right. So my third pick. I was. I, I've actually changed my mind last minute. I was gonna roll with either Kurt Russell, like the thing, uh, Bone Tomahawk, on his Galaxy Two, because I. I'll watch something of his in it. I decided no. And I thought, I'm going to go with Paul Rudd because of Ghostbusters, obviously Ant-Man. Uh, I love you, man. This is nice to watch. But I've decided last minute to change my mind to Michael Keaton, you know, the 1989 Batman, uh, the founder, uh, Vulture from the MCU. I was like, I was like trying to think, well, who's not in the MCU? New and I just went, Michael Keaton. I really like Michael Keaton. I'm like, fuck, he's the Vulture. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, everyone's in it. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, near enough, every, most actors are in a superhero film now. Yeah, but, but I, honestly, he's, he's such a good actor. If you've not seen The Founder, watch that. That film's great. And mm-hmm. obviously, the, the 89 Batman. Uh, I don't care what people say. That's my favourite Batman. I really like that one. Right, um, Birdman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? I didn't actually like that one. Mm-hmm. People went, oh, crazy. Like, I was like, oh, he's really good in it. And yeah, he's fine in it. I just didn't like the film. Mm. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say it's a bit too weird for me. I just didn't vibe with it. Don't forget Beetlejuice. Okay. Yeah, of course, Beetlejuice. I'm still waiting for Beetlejuice 2. I think I all of us are waiting for Beetlejuice 2. Yeah. I don't. I, I'll be honest. I think it's going to be shit. I think <laughs> it's like too little, too late. It's been delayed so much. It's been teased. Yeah. It's like, like, it's not going to be good. Is it? No. Yeah, so yeah, Michael Keaton, he's been in so many good things. 
Uh, I was, I was going to go with Jeff Goldblum as well and, and Nicolas Cage. I mean, Nicolas Cage. Before you didn't say Nicolas Cage, I think I expected you to say Nicolas Cage. I think I I didn't say Nicolas Cage. I think everyone expected me to say Nicolas Cage. But when I'm thinking about it, it's like, how many good films? I mean, actually good, not sort of so bad they're good. It's like, because he's, he's kind of like his own meme, isn't he? He's kind of, yeah, he, he kind of he's is. Like, he's like, he's in on the joke, but that's kind of what I like. But I think I like, I think I like Nick Cage more as a person, as an actor. I still <laughs> want to watch Ren. Field. That looks absolutely mm. hilarious. Yeah, it does. I, I'll go. Let's go for the same reason. Like I was gonna say, oh, what about Keanu Reeves? Keanu Reeves is like a great bloke. Too. Yeah, he, it's, he, it is. Yeah, he's not the favorite actor though. He can be quite wooden. <laughs> well, not so much now. He's a lot better than he was. So some of his earlier roles were a bit, mm, with the exception of Bill and Ted. Right? So yeah, I think I better put a pin on it there with actors because I could be here all day. Just yeah. more and more off. But well, I oh, I'm not. Oh. Well, very quickly, I've not said it. Single actresses, uh, actress. So, uh, Scarlett Johansson. There you go. <laughs> See, I don't Any know what roles it, in particular. Under the skin was quite good. Just wink, wink. Yeah, obviously Black Widow. Uh, yeah, Jojo jo- 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 Rabbit was good in that as well. I'm, I'm sure. Apparently, she's fantastic in Marriage Story. Yes, Marriage Story with um, Adam, Adam Drive. Yeah, that yeah. was really good. Yeah, yeah, that's really good too. So, yeah, Cause, cause uh, I... and oddly enough, uh, The Island. I don't think hardly anybody's seen that, but she's in that with Ewan McGregor, who I also nearly mentioned. Oh fuck! Ewan I just remembered another actor. That I was going to say. And, and The Island's also got Sean Bean in it as well. So. Yeah. That film's really good. But again, that's a film that got panned. It was written by Michael Bay, and I didn't know that because I rewatched it recently. He's like, yeah, this film's still really good. Well, if I'm going to say one more actor, it'd probably be Leonardo DiCaprio. I was going to say Leonardo DiCaprio as well. Well, I guess it's joint then. There you go. He's fantastic. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I liked him in Wolf of Wall Street, but I just like it when he plays cocky characters. I, I still wanted to watch The Revenant because that's when he got his Oscar wasn't it yes i i think i i still think he should have got it for wall street but i can understand why he got it for the revenant i think it's probably a bit more i don't know not uh, a bit more maybe commercially accepted maybe i don't know but, yeah, i didn't but, think the revenant was that good but i think by that point everyone was just going just give him the fucking off yeah i <laughs> yeah. think it was <laughs> like that i'm surprised he did i'm surprised he wasn't even during the time period like for the titanic as well mm-hmm mm. Yeah, by the way, enough. on the topic of actresses, by the way, Winona Ryder, just saying. You know, Beetlejuice, yeah. Stranger Things. Yeah, she's good. I don't really have one. I, I like a lot, but uh, I don't really... I was going to say Emma Watson, but that's a cop-out. No, not Emma Watson, no. That's why I said it's a cop-out. No. Because I really know her for Beauty and the Beast and Harry Potter. I know nothing else. No, I wouldn't say Emma Watson. I don't know. I don't really have any. So I'm sorry. Yeah, because I remember like people always used to say, "Oh, who's your celebrity crush?" And I'd always do the same answer. I'm just like, "Don't fucking have one." And they're like, "Oh, but what about actresses?" I don't know what it is. I just don't. I I don't. Am I weird? Am I broken, guys? Am I broken? No, you just said you prefer Dan- you prefer Johnny Depp. So I did. Know. I do prefer Johnny Depp. <laughs> I think you've learned something about yourself. Tonight, <laughs> 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 okay, you want another way? You want another actress? Rachel Rice from The Mummy. There you go. Mm-hmm. The Rummy, that's it. I don't need any other things. The Mummy, doom. Everyone, give everyone that film an Oscar tonight. <laughs> Can I quickly represent my weeb friends before we end the podcast? No. Well, fuck it anyway, do it. <laughs> so, Matt Mercer, there we go. <laughs> Best. You got it in there. There you go. I had to mention Matt Mercer somewhere. Great voice actor. There you go. Mm. Right, Dan, you might be on the same wavelength as me here. For anim- Obviously, for certain films... <laughs> You'd want right. to see a film because certain actors are in there or certain producers and directors are doing it, right? Yeah. 
when it comes for anime, mm-hmm. would you choose to watch a film just because a certain voice actor is in there? No. 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 I'm completely with you there. I know you did the thing where you wanted to watch every Studio Trigger anime, didn't you? Yeah, but that was because it was that studio, not because... Of yeah, anything. so this is what I'm going to pose. One of my favourite voice actors, as you know, we've been watching Mushoku Tensei, which we're going to talk about at a later date. Probably next episode, but... Yeah. Probably next episode. Is the voice actor of Rudy, who just so happens to be the same voice actor of the Sakata Gintoki from Gintama, my favourite anime. Oh, yeah. And that is Tomokazu Sugita. So I've been what literally... Oh, fuck. I just literally had my anime list open. Oh, He's done... Oh, fuck it. I have to open it over there with me. Uh, cue the like, elevator music to say that we're currently on a break. Because I, I would say one of my favourite ones is actually an, a voice actress. And, and it's... I, I, well, I don't know her name, but it's... The, she does uh, Violet Evergarden. Oh, she's okay. current Because she does 2B in the near automata anime which is fucking back on yeah sorry i just got really excited i just saw his list of roles so he's also done a role in assassination classroom which i've seen he's played in chobits as well which i've seen he's played rin in shuffle which i've seen he's played gyome in demon slayer which i've seen he's played uh gyome himejima who's that i am oh i isn't that one of the Hashira? Okay, move, moving on. No, I'm, I'm literally just giving me... So basically, oh, it's, a it's a sporting character. It's not actually a main character. So basically, yeah, you're not no, an, a character that's not the important. You know the one, the stone Hashira? So he's someone who's not important right now. Oh, he's important in the next arc, though. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Um, he's played Kion in The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. He, But one of the most important things which he's done as well is Joseph Joestar in Joseph's Bizarre Adventure. Why don't you just start off with that? <laughs> Well, I had yeah, I've actually you. heard of that one. I was <laughs> I like, I, for that. I, 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 feel, I, I think I was a bit on Chris's wavelength for a bit. I was just like, yeah, whatever. Oh, it, it's my favourite voice actor. He's done a ton of shit you've never heard of. But literally, I've, I'm just looking through this <laughs> list. I was like, I've seen, that, I've, seen that, I've seen that, I've seen that, I've seen that, I've seen that. I was like, what the fuck? Also, he's played uh, Yusuke Kitagawa from Persona 5. Oh, that, you, know, you know, that's funny. Because... Uh, and Krom from Fire Emblem. Well, 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 you know who you know who plays uh, Yusuke from Persona Five in English? Matt Mercer. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, small world. But yeah, I've literally, like I said, I've been debating. Like, do I just randomly just choose a voice actor and watch all their work? Like, I really like the guy who does the voice actor of Madara from Naruto, just because you know he's he's done Japanese Disney voiceovers as well. Mm-hmm. So there was like a really famous video of him being like Madara during that part when he fights all the five Kage. But it's literally like the, the voice actor singing one of the Disney songs, and it's but it's dubbed over Madara. It, it was fucking incredible, so funny. But yeah, Tomoko Sukita is. Oh, I love his role in Gintama. He's fucking incredible. Well, I think... Right. I've, I think I, I've not mentioned any... Oh, well, 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 no. I've not mentioned any voice actors yet. <laughs> oh, you go. Go. Sorry. Uh, very quickly. I, I'm going to just do a quick fire five. Uh, although, first two are pretty much tied because you can't have one with the other. Trey Parker and Matt Stone. South Park. Yeah. I mean, come on. Great, uh, great. Okay. Uh, yeah. actors. Uh, if I pick one from The Simpsons, Dan Castanella for Homer Simpson. And, of course, his most iconic role ever, Earthworm Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Four, because if I don't say it, I'm pretty sure somebody's going to burn Victory Achieve Studios to the ground. Uh, Mark Hamill for the Joker. Of course. Oh, yeah. The best yeah. Joker. Yeah. The best Joker. Yeah, even better than the uh, 1989 Batman with Michael Keaton, because Jack Nicholson is just playing Jack Nicholson. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and, true. And the fifth one, for a bit of female representation, uh, Tara Strong. Tara Strong is fantastic. Uh, because 
fuck me, what hasn't she done? But I suppose if I'd pick one, Timmy Turner from Fairly Odd Parents, just to pick a random one out there. <laughs> yeah. There we go. That's, that's five. There you go. Well, that's uh, that's a wrap. Um, it's a wrap. That's Cut. funny. As, as soon as we talk about actors, that's a wrap. Yeah. Well chosen. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, I, th- I thought Chris was going to say something there. So do I. I just said cut. I just said cut. Oh, I didn't hear you okay. say cut. That's the joke. Also, I can't believe nobody said Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, but he, again, he just plays the roles as himself. Yeah. True. Like, every time I see Arnie, it's either the Terminator or the Terminator. Uh, I think that's why none of us said like Keanu Reeves or you know just you know you know what you get getting. It's the same as Sylvester Stallone. He just plays a boxer all the time. Well. Yeah, but yeah, they they have the same role, and it's just like there we go. Mm. They're not bad, but it's like you know what you're getting. It's like Jason Statham. You're not. No, no one has said that. To be fair, I'm planning to see the Meg too when that comes out, just because I'll be in Wales and I'll be like, I'm fucking bored. Let's. Wa- I'm gonna go see the Meg too. <laughs> and I like that. I've been I've been to Wales twice. The only thing is to do is get bored. Oh, I've been there too many times. Been there like this would be like my fifth time. Anyway, yeah. Well, you know where we are on the social medias: uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, are we on Freds? I don't know. I think you're you're on Freds. I don't... Only Freds. Is Freds still a thing? I don't know. It is very much still a thing. Yes, uh, but but it's got absolutely nothing to do with a 1984 film with the same name. Yes. Um... As you know, everyone, listen to wherever you, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. Uh, give us a rating. We we appreciate it. Um, tell your friends. Um, yeah, we love you. I very much love you. Yeah, you love Johnny Depp, mate. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope one day he loves me. <laughs> he'll he'll love you more than Amber Heard. Just remember that. <laughs> oh, I'll I'll uh... even take him to court to marry me. If you don't, you'll shit. I'll, the I'll, I'll, I'll take him like, <laughs> like handcuffs and be like, Judge, make this man my wife and all husband do. Well, you can, we, you can catch up with that uh, future at law suit, uh, maybe in a future episode of Victory Chief Podcast. So thank you very much for listening, everyone. <laughs> this is bye from me, Dan. Yep. Brandon. And Brandon. Yeah, I forgot your name. <laughs> you mean Johnny Depp's uh, future husband? Oh. Future divorce. Random. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can imagine you. Two, I can imagine you two falling out over the anime voice actors. <laughs> you like while you're both holding mega pints. Yes. 